do want to spot check the second song first, and then I want to then I want to set the first song. So let's go to Child of Love, and I want to see, make sure that's present. Like when you go straight to it, that it's programmed that we don't have to. Go ahead, just do that. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, listen, if this is your first time with us or maybe your first time in a long time, we want to welcome you. Uh, and how we do that is by our connection cards. Uh, we want to get connected with you today. And so we have some cards over on the table, that blue table over there uh, to my right, your left. Um, and uh, you can go over there, grab a connection card, fill it out, and we'll also have a gift bag for you because we want to just thank you 
for coming and hanging out with us this morning, okay? All right, uh, even on a more serious note, I really want to just uh, thank y'all for praying for our kids. This last week, they went to Centra Kid, and they had a great time, I heard. Um, and a lot of things were happening there, a lot of good things. Uh, uh, God was moving in their life, and so just thank you for praying for them and uh, uh, just thinking about them as they were at camp. Um, I am taking 57 kids as of right now to Fuge uh, net tomorrow. We're leaving at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. So we are pumped. We're, we are more than ready. We're not ready to be up at 5 a.m., but we're ready. Um, and so, listen, please continue those prayers. God is moving in a mighty way. And if you don't know, I want to let you know that, 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 that God is moving. And there's a lot of times we can look around in our world and wonder if he's even there. But God's moving, y'all. I've heard of some kids even this last week that God's just been feel like speaking to them and, and they're, they've got questions. They're, they're wanting to know more about God and those kind of things. I mean, how awesome is that? And, and then we've got students who are just excited that, that they might have a chance to share the gospel with somebody this week. Not that they're going to get to play a cool game or get to participate in a fun activity, but that they might get to share Jesus with somebody. And they're, you know, um, we were talking this morning in Sunday school about being prepared for that, like having a Bible that's tabbed up, um, you know, and ready.
Now, you're more than enough. Mm. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, for all our needs. Do you worship him and say, you're more than enough, Father? I may be struggling with that truth, but it is a truth that you can stand on that he's more than enough. You hold all things in your hands, oh God. You hold all things in your hand. All the days of our lives are in your hand, oh God. And we worship you, Lord, that you are more than enough. And we worship you, God. Lord, as Pastor Eddie comes in a moment to break forth the bread of life, the word of God, the living truth, the light of the world, God, you were the word made flesh, Jesus. Please anoint our messenger this morning. God, we thank you for him, and Anita and their families. God, may we eat and drink of your word this morning, and the truth of it, and worship you in truth of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we're dismissing children. <laughs> you can see that on your screens. Uh, dismissing children, the children's church at this time with Miss Rhonda. And they'll be upstairs. Someone go out the back, your back right over there. And someone will help your child go up and have a great time. Amen. team for reminding us that the Lord is more than enough and that's true isn't it that's absolutely true when we've gotten to the end of our rope and we realize that he still has his strength is still all sufficient his power is still almighty and he, he can do all things and whatever it is in your life today whatever struggle that you may be dealing with today listen God is enough and his grace is sufficient and we rejoice in that in that today thing Thank you, team, for reminding us of that today. If you have your Bibles today, we're in Acts chapter 15 this morning, and we're talking about grace alone, grace alone. In fact, I almost entitled this Grace on Trial, 
Uh, we talk about grace uh, here in this context of grace. Uh, we're talking about unmerited favor. Uh, my definition would be getting something good that you don't deserve. Getting something good that you don't deserve. That's grace. That's God's grace. We see that uh, certainly shown in that he sent his only son for us. And uh, I think probably one of the hardest things, I think, as Christians even, is wrapping our mind around that idea that, that, you know, God saves me because of his grace and faith in Christ, and there's nothing I can do to help him do that. Uh, one of our songs was, was speaking to that. I think that last song. Nothing I can do to help him do that, nothing I can do to keep myself saved. Listen, God's the one that saves us, right? And it's by his grace that we're saved and, and through faith, and it's his power. And so in my book, whoever does the saving gets the glory, so I'm giving the glory to the Lord. Because <laughs> I know Eddie. Eddie didn't save nobody. I can't save myself, but now the Lord can. And today, some of you here this morning, maybe somebody in this room this morning, you're not saved. I've learned never to take that for granted. Maybe here today, maybe you're not saved. Listen, you can be if you'll just... Call on Jesus. Just call on Jesus, and, and he'll come into your heart, and he'll save you today. Acts chapter 15, appreciate Brother Gary filling in last week. We had a, a group of 12 had gone to Pine Knot, Kentucky, and uh, for some of you, you've been to Pine Knot. If you haven't, if you blink, you missed it, and, uh, but we were able to reestablish some relationships there for missions. Uh, I kind of felt like maybe we were finished at Pine Knot, but I don't think that now. And uh, really excited about maybe reestablishing some missions work there in Pine Knot, Kentucky. Having said all that, let's stand together as we read a portion of God's Word today uh, together and, uh, in Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 1, it says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching their brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. After Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles uh, and elders about this question. So being sent on the way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they had come to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. We'll stop there. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, right now in this moment, we ask for, Lord, your blessing and thankful for your blessing, Father, and, and the many blessings you give us, most of all that of knowing Jesus. Father, today I just uh, pray for help this morning just to speak what you would have me to say. Lord, I pray thanking you, Lord, for my brothers, my sisters in Christ uh, this morning. Lord, I ask your blessings on them and, uh, Father, upon our time together. And so, Lord, right now, would you just minister to our hearts and speak to our hearts, Father, and um, you know what we need. And, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would move among us. In Jesus we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We sing a familiar song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. 
was blind, but now I see. Of course, John Newton was the one who wrote that song many, many years ago, and he was a wretch. He was a slave trader. He, he would have called himself other names, I'm sure. He was a wretch, and God, God saved him. And all of us, if you will, certainly, you know, we, we are wretches as well. That's not a word that we use too often today, but we were sinful, rebellious, in need of God's Grace. And I don't know that we fully comprehend it. I'm speaking to myself. I don't know it if I really at times can get my mind around this because we are so works related. We're so, you know, earning something, deserving something, wanting to deserve something. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. If you, when you leave church today, you may see somebody in need. And suppose you see somebody in need and you give them five dollars. Well, now that's grace. That is unmerited favor. They didn't deserve it necessarily, and you gave it to them, an act of kindness. But to get a greater idea of this, of this understanding of grace, you go outside to your car or your truck and somebody's breaking in to steal your radio, give them $5. It's a better picture because the exact opposite is, is deserved, but Right? You, you give them money. Or even greater still, I know this is horrible to think, somebody breaks into your home and kills a family member, your mom or dad or your child. You hunt them down and kill them, that's vengeance. You let the law do their work, that's justice. You adopt them into your family, that's grace. You say, that's crazy. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. See, because the bottom line is we don't think of ourselves as being that bad. I mean, we're all guilty of that because a lot of times we compare ourselves with somebody else. We say, well, you know, you can say, well, I'm not as bad as Eddie. <laughs> it's probably true. You know, thank you for that, Amy. Thank you, David. <laughs> we need to work on timing of amens. <laughs> but that was a true amen. But the point being, we compare ourselves one with another and we think, well, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy or Eddie or whoever. But, but the thing is, when we compare ourselves to Christ, then we get the real picture because Jesus is perfect. Is there anybody in here that would claim to be perfect? You know, I, don't think, I don't think anybody would try that. If so, then we will talk later. But, but the point is, you know, none of us would be perfect, but yet still we think, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm not as bad as Hitler, not as bad as Stalin, not as bad as, you know, whoever, whomever, whatever. But the point is, we're still sinners. We still deserve death and hell. If we got what we deserve, we deserve to die and split hell wide open. It only takes one sin to make a sinner, and I've got more than one. Anybody else? We've got more than one. And there's no way we can come into the presence of a holy God with sin in our lives. Something has to happen. Somehow we have to be forgiven. Ah, oh, God's on that, isn't he? Yeah, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Undeserving as we are, hell-bent as we were, as far gone as we were, he reached way down <laughs> and got me. And, and he has shown us grace, the exact opposite of what we deserve. It's radical. It's actually point one. It's radical. Five things today about grace that I want us to, to think about. And, and here's the thing, because when we read here in Acts chapter 15, we read in, in the first verse and Let's just take a minute and go back and, and reread that to see what is happening. A big thing is going on here. A lot of good things happening in Antioch of Syria, 
right? And you can read that from the last chapter. And, and Paul and Barnabas had returned off their first missionary journey. And verse 15, or excuse me, chapter 15, verse 1 says, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. You know, and so there were, there were some that were coming in uh, of the Pharisaical order, no doubt, and saying, hey, listen, it's okay to believe in Jesus, but really you're not going to be saved until you're circumcised. And that was for the male, uh, the Jewish males on the eighth day to be circumcised. It was the external right of being the covenant people of God, right? And so they said, no, you've, you've, you're, you're lacking something. Grace is not enough. That's what they're saying. It's not just enough to believe in Jesus. You still have more to do. That's what they're saying. Well, look what, it, look what happened. Uh, verse 2, it says, And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. Now, don't miss that. They had no small dissension. They had a big dissension. <laughs> Listen, there were raised voices in that meeting, no doubt. There were some, maybe even some tempers flaring just a little bit in that meeting uh, because there was no small dissension. Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So the issue is, is, is God's grace enough to cover your sin in mine? Is it enough to be saved? How, how are we saved? Really, that's it. How is a person saved? I mean, do we, do, we, do we have to do something else other than putting our faith and trust in Christ? Do I have to stand on one foot and recite the Ten Commandments? I say, well, I don't know them all. Okay, God, I have to stand on one foot and recite part of the Ten Commandments? What is needed in order to be saved? And, and so this is the question. There were some that said, oh, wait a minute, you got more to do. You got stuff to do. And, and so it caused a big debate, didn't it? And so they went, verse 3. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed both through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers, how people were getting saved, right? Verse four, when they come to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. Verse five, but, but some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. And so, so they come in and say, okay, wait a minute. In order to be saved, you've got to be circumcised for the males, right? And then what? You've got to keep the law. Now, when they mention keeping the law, they're talking about primarily keeping the dietary laws, keeping the external laws of the washings and the rituals. You know, now, it's, it's kind of easy to demonize these guys if we're not careful. It says, you know, now verse 5 tells us, it says, now, believers... So before we do that, these are believers, but they're believers out of the group of the Pharisees. And, and if you know a little bit about the Bible, you know Jesus had some of the hardest times, worst times out of the Pharisees, right? And so, but, but again, these are, believe, these are people that have come to Christ out of the group. The Pharisees were the most religious, strictest, stringest group that you could have in, in, the, in the time. Sadducees were the liberals. Pharisees were the conservatives. They fasted twice a week. They, they uh, even tied on their uh, plants that they would grow, all kinds of things, right? all those things. Very strict. So there were people in this group that actually got saved. And now they're saying, wait a minute. In order to be saved, you've got you to gotta still keep the law. You've got to still do the, the ceremonial washings that you would do. You've got to still keep the holy days. You can only eat this. You can't eat that. That's what the debate came up. So, so how's a person saved? See, before we get too hard on the Pharisees, we have to kind of think about ourselves. 
Think about, for some of you that, like me that grew up in church, we grew up in church doing a, a lot of different, I mean, you know, a certain thing, and, and, and to veer away from that, you know, is kind of hard. You know, most churches, I grew up in a church, we had Sunday school at 10 and worship at 11, and that's just the way it was. And uh, we later changed times, and I know at first, you, know, you think about changing times. And um, even doing that, even today, not wearing a coat. I've worn a coat preaching for 30 plus years. And that's, you know, it's because I grew up with that. But sometimes we say, well, you know, if, if, if you've you got to have a certain kind of Bible, a certain translation of the Bible. And if you don't believe me, go to some parts of Kentucky and I'll take you. <laughs> anyway, but, but the point is, and some would say we've well, got to have a great big Bible. Or some say you need a red Bible. That's the best kind anyway, a red Bible, because it's red. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, R-E-A-D, I'm thinking about. But, or you've got to have this, or you've got to dress a certain way. Right? If, you know, and it's easy for us, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in all kinds of legalism. Well, if you don't dress this way, then that, that, you, you know, that's a big thing in some churches. Well, you've got to dress a certain way. Listen, all we ask, be modest. Be modest, but God's not looking at what you're wearing. He's looking at your heart. And, and, but, but it's easy if we're not careful before we're too hard on the Pharisees. Look at ourselves. What is it in our life we think, well, you've got to do that, or you've got to do that, or you can't do that. Now, I know G came up. He's, he's a good. We've adopted him into our family. We're afraid not to. <laughs> Thank you, sister. I love G. G's my buddy. We're brothers in Christ. He's, he came out of the Methodist church. But he, and, and so we have a little debate over this thing called, you've never heard of it, but it's called dancing. Now, G's told me some stories about some of you. But I'm afraid there could be some stories told about me, so we're going to leave those stories be, right? But the point is, sometimes, here, my point is this. It's about... Sometimes we're more known for what we don't do than what we do do. Don't say that. Anyway, do do. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. The thing of it is, we can be really legalistic. We can, we can focus on, again, what size the Bible is, what translation the Bible is, or, or have, have you done this, or have you done that, or have you certainly not done that. And it all comes back to grace through faith in Christ and Christ alone. That's it. Sometimes they say, well, yeah, but, but you've got to be saved. But then, but then, but, but wait a minute, it sounds like a McDonald's combo. It's not a combo. We're saved by Jesus and Jesus alone by God's grace. Listen, undeserved to sinners. And so it's really, if you stop to think about it, it's radical. Um, you know, Howard Hendricks, and you probably, most of you wouldn't know the name, but a professor, I don't think he's still, uh, anyway, but uh, professoring at, uh, he was at Dallas, I think, seminary. But he said, you know, he said, I was saved out of a legalistic church. He said, I was saved out of a church where ladies didn't even wear fingernail polish. And so he said, I grew out of that legalistic church. But he said, even years later, he said, I had to fight it because there's a tendency to go back in there. And sometimes when we're sharing Jesus with people, if we're not careful, we'll put more requirements than the Bible does. Yeah, you can be saved. You've got to trust Jesus, but you've got to come to my church. <laughs> no, no. Or, but you've got to be baptized. Now, you should be baptized. It's the first step of obedience. We see that throughout the Scriptures. But baptism doesn't save you. If you were not saved, as I've said many times, if you were not saved when you got in the water, you just wet. 
right? Only Christ can save you, but it's important. It's the first step of obedience. Next week, we have a baptism. We've got several to be baptized, I think, next week. It's exciting. That's exciting. But the point is, is grace, grace alone is pretty radical. Here's the second point. Let me move on. Also, grace uh, is the way that we're saved. It uh, makes salvation possible. So, again, they've gathered together to, to talk about, okay, do you, have to, do you have to keep the law as well? Do you have to keep these dietary laws? I mean, is it important to reserve or that you observe several, the certain days? What, what, what's the deal? Verse 6, the apostle and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Now, what's Peter talking about? He goes all the way back to chapter 10, right? Remember chapter 10 there in, 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 in the book of Acts where uh, God let a sheep down, a sheet, a sheet down three times and, and Peter was hungry. He was waiting for dinner to be served or lunch and, and, and the Lord said, Peter, rise, kill and eat. No way, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. And God said, don't call unclean what I have declared to be clean. Right? He saw that three times. He's wondering what's going on. Suddenly, um, a group from Cornelius' house, a Gentile, arrived at his home. So he went to the house of Cornelius, presented the gospel. That's, that's Acts chapter 10. So that's what he's referring to. So in verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. So you notice what he says. God knows our hearts, doesn't he? And, and he gave the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. How do, how do we know God gave the Holy Spirit? Because when Peter's preaching, he didn't even get to the invitation. While he's preaching, they just suddenly started speaking in tongues. We see the gospel spreading from Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth with that of the, um, the Gentiles there in Cornelius' house. So they were saved. And he made no distinction, verse 9, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. See, that? how does God cleanse it? What happens at conversion? At conversion, when you realize you're a sinner and you realize that Jesus is the almighty, sufficient Savior and you're willing to call upon Him and trust Him and believe that He is who He says He is, the Son of God, and that He'll come into your heart and forgive you and save you, and you trust Him, you know what? God cleanses your heart. Your sins are gone. As far as the East is from the West. Listen, it's not like you have to stand up and say it. Not like you have to. It's, it's a matter of the heart. And that's what he's saying. God cleansed our hearts by faith. Verse 10, now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Peter's saying, hey, why are you putting all this on them? That's extra stuff you're putting on them. We can't keep it. Why are you asking them to keep it? Uh, certainly, praise the Lord for him of thinking that. Verse 11, but we believe that we, we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. How are we saved? It's when we place our faith in Christ. It's by the grace of the Lord Jesus. It's by the grace of God, faith in Christ and Christ alone. And, and that's, that's hard to, for us to get because, listen, in some way we want to feel like we're helping God, I think. It's human nature. It's pride. Um. If there was something you or I could do to earn our salvation, don't you think we'll brag for all eternity about it? Sure. How many of you like to deer hunt? How many of you like to turkey hunt? How many of you like to eat turkey? Just trying to wake you up. You ever think what motivates a hunter after they kill a deer, turkey, or something else? 
What's the first? Do you normally keep that to yourself, or do you want to share that with everybody? Somebody has accused me one time of killing something just so you could tell somebody. Now this year I didn't get to tell, I didn't get to brag anybody. But the point being, you know, but that that pride within us, right? That pride, and, and the thing of it is that we can do nothing to save ourselves. We have a little picture I want to show you. you we've referred to this uh, before. Uh, it's, um, I think it's a turtle on a fence post. We have that picture. Yeah, there we go. Listen, you know, and 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 I, has anybody ever seen a turtle on a fence post? Well, you just seen one right here. But besides that one, I've never seen that. Have you? I've never seen it. You know, you see, if you see, I forgot who first said this, but he said, look, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you can be certain of one thing. He had some help. <laughs> this guy, he had some help, didn't he? Somebody put him. Do you think he crawled? Do you think he's shimmying? No. no. This is not a ninja turtle. I mean, this is just a regular turtle. And, and so there's no way he got up there by himself. And so the point is, it's the same way you got in Christ. You didn't, you didn't do it. You had some help. And it was the Holy Spirit of God. At the moment you trusted Jesus, we were placed in Christ. We did nothing to get there. We can do nothing to get out of there. You say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll come to that in just a moment. But we're saved by the grace of God. Kept, kept by the grace of God. It's pretty radical, isn't it? So here's the third thing. Grace is for all people. Listen, grace makes salvation possible. It's radical, and it's for, it's for everybody. Everybody, right? Verse 12, it says, And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. That's important. Everybody got real quiet. They're having missionary share time. Paul and Barnabas have just come off their missionary trip. That's why we, at, at, uh, usually during the year, at least once a year, we'll celebrate, you know, having our mission teams tell about what, what God's been doing. You know, we saw a lady back this last week in, in Kentucky. Listen, first time we met her, man, meth had, had its grips on her, hair falling out, teeth falling out. Listen, she is doing great, praise the Lord, and got a job, and, you know, and, and I mean just, you know, and healthy, and praise God. I'm just victories like that. Victory, and I'm just saying, and we gather together. We're going to hear from, from our students when they get back next week, all that God's going to do, amen, in their life. Our kids just came back off camp. Uh, we've had a group going to, i got a group going to New Orleans. We've had a group going to Carpenters, all kinds of things. But, we, but they're sharing, aren't they? Verse 12, they're just sharing what all God's doing. Notice too, notice they're relating what God had done through them among the Gentiles, and they did not require them to be circumcised or obey the rituals of the law. I think it's important. God's already moving. God's already working, right? But salvation's for everybody. Verse 13, after they finished speaking, James, this is James, a half-brother of Jesus, who's kind of the, if you will, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Brothers, listen to me. Verse 14, Simeon. It's funny, he uses Simon's most Jewish name. That was his audience. It was a Jewish crowd. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. Verse 16, he's quoting from Amos, chapter 9. After this, I will return, and I'll rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I'll rebuild its ruins, and I'll restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Notice that. He says, and all the Gentiles. See, see, James is answering this question. What's God doing? 
What's going on? What's God doing? And James is saying this, God is fulfilling his promise that he spoke with all the prophets, and especially here he quotes Amos that in, in the latter days, right, that even the Gentiles will be saved. Even the Gentiles will become part of the family of God. And we're glad of that, aren't we? Most of us here today probably are Gentiles. But, but he answers the question, what, what is God doing in our midst? But see, salvation is for, it's for all people. It's for, it's for everybody. You know, you don't have to live on a certain side of the track to be saved. You don't have to have a certain skin color to be saved. You don't have to make a certain amount of money to be saved. Listen, you don't have to be, uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't matter, right? Salvation for anybody that will call upon the Lord. I read a little something I thought was kind of cute. Uh, I didn't see it personally, but I, I read about it, that this was on a plumber's van. So a plumber, right, on the van. Here's what it said. There's no place too deep, too dark, or too dirty for us to handle. <laughs> so that was what the plumber said. No place too deep, too dark, too dirty for us to handle. And oh, man, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. There's no place too dark, deep, dirty. Listen, no life too far gone that God can't save you. Some of you this morning might think, well, listen, you don't know what I've done. Hey, listen, no, you don't know what I've done, but I know what God did. He sent his son, and anybody that will call upon him, he'll save. And so don't let, you, don't let the devil tell you you're too far gone. No. If you'll call on Jesus, he'll save you. Amen? Do you know the Lord this morning? Isn't he good today? Listen, salvation's for all people. We've got people around the world that need Jesus, and God may be calling you to go share the gospel. I've seen Joel here this morning. I've lost track of him right now. But Joel's here. And, of course, Joel and Summer served in uh, Southeast Asia. There's Joel. And, uh, you know, we're, listen, we, we, God called them out, and we hated to let them go, but they went where God wanted them to be, and they're where God wants them to be now. Uh, still working through uh, uh, IMB. And I'm just saying, look, God may be calling you. Students, God may be calling you. You know, and I, I say that knowing that some of you parents may get mad at me. Some of you grandparents may get mad at me, but God's calling us to go with the gospel, and God may be calling us as adults or students to go with the gospel. He calls us all to go somewhere, but maybe some of us to go to the other side of the world. And I know that's scary, but I'm telling you, wherever God takes you, he'll take care of you. I'm not saying it's going to be safe. I'm not saying you're going to come home safe. I'm not saying that because it's always been risky to follow Jesus. But guys, what I'm going to tell you, if we're going to get back to what it means to be a biblical Christianity, we must, including, we must be willing to go where God calls us to go. It's for all people. And there are people around the world that have yet to hear the name of Jesus. Here's the fourth thing. I'm moving on. Also, Grace is for all people, but also grace is never an excuse for sin. It's and this is probably the big hang-up that some people have. And, and what I want you to notice, look, look in verse 19. So verse 19, uh, James says, Therefore my judgment is, and, and he made the judgment call, didn't he? He, he? he says, Therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. And, and so basically they gave them four concessions, four uh, kind of a compromise. Here are four things that you shouldn't do, okay? Uh, four general, and I'll come back to that in just a moment about that. But I want you to notice something. The four things, there's primarily, I think, I think there's primarily two sins 
that's kind of encompassed within those four things. Abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. Certainly the, the blood issue, uh, a good Jewish person would not eat a rare steak. Cook the blood out. That was according to the, the law, right? Cook the blood out of that. But anyway, first of all is idolatry, right? You know, the Gentiles and everybody else too, but the Gentiles were really notorious for idolatry. Now, idolatry, you know, they bow down to, to these other idols, the, the temple of Diana and, and all these other temples, and, and, and they worship these idols, right? Now, you and I probably will never bow down to an idol, but anything that takes the place of God is an idol. Anything that you or I put in our lives to take the place that only God deserves is an idol. So, so we can be guilty of idolatry as well and from sexual immorality. And their sexual immorality went along with, uh, certainly with their uh, idolatry many times, with temple prostitutes and all that sort of thing. But, but we don't have to venture too far to figure out, you know, in our world in which we live, man, it's an immoral world, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? And so the, these two primary sins that we see listed here, but here's what I'm wanting you to see, and I'm going to move on. Here's the thing. But the grace of God does not give me or you a license just to go sin. Because sometimes people say, well, well, wait a minute. If God's going to forgive me, I might as well just go ahead. His grace will cover it. Paul addresses this, actually, <laughs> in Romans chapter 5, Right? You know, why, why should we who have been set free from sin, right, go back into it, right? And if God's, God gives grace, and why, uh, you know, why don't I keep on sinning so how much grace he'll give? That was the argument that people were making. He says, no, no, God forbid. No, but, but sometimes you'll hear that. Well, you know, if God has saved me and, and I'm saved, then, then, you know, I, it doesn't matter what I do. Yes, it does, because what you do shows whether or not you're really saved, what you do, how you live, how I live, shows whether we really know the Lord. Talk's cheap. Amen? Yeah. I can say I'm saved and love Jesus and all that, but my life really verifies whether I do or not, and the same is true with you or me. Now, we cannot, if we're really saved, I don't believe you can ever lose that. I mean, if you're really a child of God today, and what I mean by that is that you've repented of your sins, you trusted Jesus, right, by faith, right? You're not relying upon yourself, not relying upon a, you know, a baptism or church service or some ritual, but you're relying upon Christ. He saves us. Here's the thing, though. When Jesus comes into our lives, what does he do? He changes us. Amen? We're not the same person we used to be. As, my, as the great theologian my wife says, and he's a donation, your warner changes. When you get saved, your warner changes. Right? Not that we always want the right thing, though. No, even as Christians, we can sin. But, but overall, listen, there's a difference because why? Jesus saved me, and he saved you. And so now our lives are different, and there's what good fruit. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. Right? And so if we really know the Lord, then there's going to be a, a change. But, but, but grace is never an excuse just to go sin. And I think this is something we struggle with at times. We should never tread upon the grace of God. Amen? One more thing, and we're finished. Grace should never be used as a stumbling block to others. Again, going back to these things that he mentioned, verse 20. He said, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. 
For from ancient generations, Moses has in every city those who proclaim him. For he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Now, what's he saying? Well, there's four things they listed there in verse 20, and, and you know, that we just talked about. And those are things that would be, certainly there's sins in that, no doubt. But also the things about strangle from blood uh, and the blood and that, that sort of thing. That would have been very offensive to a Jewish person. And so he's saying, look. Don't let your freedom in Christ be a stumbling block to someone else. So just don't do these things. It was really the, the law or principle of no offense. I'm not going to offend you. Uh, I think as David, uh, David Platt tells a story in, in one of his books, it may have been the first book, Radical. He talks about on a particular island, I don't know where that's at, somewhere in the world, there was a large group of Muslims. But also on that very same island, there was a large group of Christians. Now the Christians ate pork, they thought that was okay. The Muslims did not, and they found that offensive. So it was suggested to the Christians, hey, you know, if, if, if you're eating pork, that's going to offend them. You'll never win them to Jesus if you've offended them. And basically they said, and I'm paraphrasing, basically they said, we don't care. We're going to eat our pork. Now, is that the law of love? Is that the law of love? That, well, you know, I'm free in Christ, and I feel like it's okay to do that. I'm sorry that offends you, but you just need to get over it. Is that the law of love? The answer to this is no. 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 But can't we act that way sometimes? I've been guilty. Listen, here's, here's one on me. I'll tell one on me. I was preaching one time years ago in an associational meeting in Kentucky, and in, in this particular area I was preaching, their preferred version of the Bible was not what I was preaching. And I knew that, but you know what? I didn't take their preferred version of the Bible. I took what I wanted to take because I thought, you know what? They just need to understand this. And I alienated myself for a season because I didn't do that. Now, why did I do that? I'll tell you why I did it, because I know me, pride. Anybody else? Pride. And so the point is, the freedom we have in Christ should never be a reason to call somebody else to stumble. In fact, the Bible speaks to that, does it not? The Bible speaks to that, and, and we're almost finished. But let me, let me give you a couple or three scriptures. Romans 14, 13. I, I apologize. I don't have these on screen. That's my fault. Romans 14, 13. Just jot that down. It says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. But take care that this liberty, this freedom of yours, does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. 1 Peter 2, 16. As free, as free people, right? Free in the Lord, yet not using our freedom or liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. And so the Bible over and over comes back to this, that we should never allow God's grace, our freedom in Christ, to be a, a way of being a stumbling block to someone else. Because, again, here's the bottom line. There's some things that you may feel like is okay. There's some others they may feel like this is okay. But if it's going to cause somebody else to stumble and not come to Jesus, it's better for us not to do it. Whatever that might be. Amen? So this idea of grace, God's grace, marvelous grace. Today, do you know that grace in your heart? 
As we close out today, do you know God's grace in your life? Have you experienced God's grace? Let me give you a little story and we're done. Uh, Alexandria Flynn, I think was her name. She went by Alex. She was going to the homecoming dance. And she was all excited about going to the homecoming dance. And so she got there at the school. I think they were having it in the gymnasium. It's back many years ago. And anyway, but she got to the gymnasium and, uh, at the school, and she didn't have her student ID. So the person at the door wouldn't let her in because you had to have your ID to get in. So she went back home, looked, couldn't find it. Well, her mama came with her. So her mama goes back with her to the school, to the door, to the admission, and vouches, this is my daughter, this is Alexandria Flynn. She goes to school here. They still would not let her in because she did not have that ID. Even though she was a cheerleader, even though she was in the all-state band, played cello, even though, oh, I mentioned she was homecoming queen, but they wouldn't let her in. She didn't have that ID. So maybe some of us, some of you here today, we stand before the Lord. And the Lord says, why should I let you into my heaven? Just in your mind right now, not out loud, but in your mind, answer that. Why should Jesus let you into heaven? Just in your own mind, answer that. All right, are you answering it? Why should I let you into heaven, God says. Now, if you said, well, because I've done this and I've done that and I haven't done this and I haven't done that, that's, that's not a good answer. That's a works answer. But if in your mind you said something like, well, I've trusted Jesus, I know Christ, I was saved, I put my faith in him, that's a faith answer. That's, a good, that's, the, that's the right answer. See, because there, I'm afraid a lot of people in the Bible testifies to this that are going to stand before the Lord and say, well, Lord, didn't we do this? And didn't we prophesy in your name? And didn't we do miracles in your name? And didn't we, we were in church services and, and we did all those things. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. See, you can come to church and still be lost. But today, you're in the right place. How are we saved? It's by grace. We don't deserve it. Through faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. Have you come to that place in your life that you've turned from your sin? That's repentance. Can't keep your sin and go with Jesus. And placed your faith in Christ. Trusted Him. Trusting Him to save you. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads So we go to a time of invitation. And this morning, let me just ask you that again. Listen, do you know that in your heart? I know I, I mentioned that a lot on a lot of Sundays, but I'm going to tell you this is what it's all about right here. It's what it's all about. It's just uh, knowing Christ. Uh, when it's all said and done, do we, do we know Christ? And so this morning, I, I don't want you to be deceived. You know, I, I I don't like being caught off guard about things. I don't want anybody to be caught off guard. I want you to be deceived in thinking that you can, all you got to do is be a member of a church or be baptized or try to, try to do right or whatever it might be because we can't get rid of our sin. Only Jesus can get rid of our sin. And so, so in your heart right now, listen, do you know for sure that you know Christ? Do you know for sure right now that, that if you were to die right now or Jesus were to come back right now, and he could, he'd come in any moment, do you know that? Listen, I plead with you. Do you know that? Do you know that? That you're saved, that you know Christ.
Can you go back to a time in your life, and you may not remember the date on the calendar, but you can go back to a time, hey, I know. I, I, I called upon Jesus. I turned from my sin. I turned to Jesus. And if not, what about right now? What about right now, this, right now, this moment? Would you come to Christ? Right now, would you trust Him? Would you just be willing to pray, dear Jesus? Just pray in your heart. And you can reword it. Please do. God looks at your heart. It's by faith in Christ that God cleanses our hearts. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know all my sin is against you. I know Jesus died for my sin on the cross. I know Jesus took my place. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Turn away from my sin. I turn to you. Lord, save me. Head still bowed. Listen, you reword that. Make it yours. Just to call upon him. He's mighty to save. And right here in this moment, listen, just to call upon him. Confess your sins. Trust him. He died for you. He loves you. He'll come into your heart and save you. Call upon him. Have you done that? Are you doing that now? Listen, if you're here this morning, it's the first time you've ever asked the Lord to come in and save you. Let me tell you what's going on over in heaven. According to what the Bible says, there's great joy going on. There's rejoicing going on. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be blotted out. And you become a, a son or a daughter of the King. All because God loves you and me that much. Not to treat us like we deserve to be treated. Aren't you glad of that? Thank you, Lord. For others of us here this morning, there may be some things in our heart today. You know, it is radical. That grace, God's grace is so, it's just hard to wrap our minds around that. But it's the way that we're saved. It's for everybody. But it doesn't give an excuse for sin. And maybe you're here today and you know you're saved, but maybe you've giving yourself kind of a pass on some things. And I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit, He's in your business about that. Man, let's get that right with the Lord. Amen? Just repent of those things. Maybe we become a stumbling block forgetting about others and maybe not thinking about others and allowing our freedom to overrule the law of love. Whatever it might be, may we just let God deal with our hearts. Father, Right now, bless this time. Father, I love you. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing a way and demonstrating that love of sending your only son, Jesus, for us. Right now, in this moment, Lord, if there's folks here who need to be saved, I pray today be the day. Lord, as believers, Lord, do a new work in our hearts and our lives. Draw us to you. Thank you for your forgiveness. When we sin and we confess that sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We have a time of invitation. Our altar's open. If you want to come and pray, you can. Right where you are, you can pray. Listen, if you're you're here without Jesus, maybe maybe you prayed a minute ago, you come. Share that with me. Would you do that? Would you come share that with me? I'd love to help you grow in your walk with Christ. Whatever it might be, maybe God's leading you to become a member, a part of this fellowship. Whatever it might be, you come. You come as we sing.
Till I can reach heaven I'm gonna shout your name Till the walls come falling I've come to worship I've come to worship I'm gonna sing my song Like I am a Help us do that God Help us to sing and live like we're unashamed Of the gospel that we've been given I'm gonna worship I've come to worship Just play Scotty Church, this is your time. This is your time with God. Brother Eddie's done. Brother Eddie's done his job today. He, he's brought God's Word just as pure, plain, and simple as he knows how to bring it. People up here doing business with God, don't, don't leave here today with anything undone in your life. Don't leave here today with something undone in your family's life that you could be up here praying for them about. I think Eddie's reminded us this morning God's not ashamed of us let's don't be ashamed of him let's give him the praise he deserves this morning let's give him our trust you know we we say we trust him but we don't have to hide from him we don't have to hide in our seats today He's not ashamed. He's not ashamed of us. Make sure you take time today. Do business with God.
forget to I forget to thank him for his goodness sometimes when I pray uh, I've got it I've got a little agenda <laughs> we probably all have those things that we pray for you know I want to make sure I get those in right and sometimes I just don't take time just to thank the Lord sometimes I'm more concerned about seeking his hand and his face he's worthy he's worthy and we're going to take all the time we need we don't want to rush anybody listen just to give praise to the Lord amen just to lift Think about for all eternity. We're going to be able just to praise God for all eternity. <laughs> just to give praise and honor and glory to the Lord. Has He saved your soul? Listen, some of you, like me, you were knuckleheads. Amen? Amen. Any knuckleheads in the group? Amen. Aren't you glad for God's grace? Aren't you glad He doesn't treat us like we deserve? Praise God. Man, He gave us breath to come, get up this morning. Breath in our lungs. He deserves praise. <laughs> All thanks and praise and honor and glory to the King of Kings. Oh, yeah. oh, let me tell you, over in heaven, there's a little, there's a few words going on right now. It's the words, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. He is worthy. <laughs> he is worthy. Praise Him. Just praise Him. Listen, you might still be in this room right here. Maybe things aren't right. Uh, don't you leave out of here. Don't you leave out of here today things aren't right, call upon Him. Amen. Call upon Him.
me to a place of freedom. Now lift my hands. Let's go there. So I'm gonna lift my hands till I can reach heaven. I'm gonna shout your pretty cool, isn't it? I think we're ready to have church now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me have you be seated for just a moment, if you will. Brother Gary's going to come here in just a moment. We have a team going out. Of course, our students are leaving out early in the morning to go to Infuge, and we have a group going to New Orleans a week from today. They're leaving out um, early next Sunday or pretty early next Sunday. So we want to pray for them before we go today. Also, I mentioned in our early service, just want to mention just in here uh, as well, we're glad to have, of course, Matt and Sacressa West uh, back with us and, and Gabby and Annabelle and Easton. And we're glad to have them. They've been coming back for a while, but we're glad to have them back as part of our fellowship and our church. And I just wanted to mention that in this service as well. I see, I know Sacrest is here, and I see Gabby here, and Matt, and, and um, Easton's here early, and I'm sure Annabelle's here somewhere. I've lost track of everybody, but glad to have them back. Amen? All right, Brother Gary, I'm going to get uh, Brother Gary to come, and just um, anything you want to say, tell us a little bit about your trip to New Orleans, and we want to pray for our team today before they leave out this morning. So, Thank you. Hey, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, 
We do have a group of 14 who are leaving next Sunday morning early uh, to go to New Orleans on a mission trip. We'll be staying on the campus of Southern Baptist, I mean, uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. The seminary cafeteria will provide our meals for us. We'll stay in their housing. But uh, during the week, uh, we will do some ministry to the homeless on two different occasions. Thank you for all of the loot that you brought out there for our hygiene bags. And then uh, we'll also be doing some prayer walking. Guess where they assigned us to do prayer walking in New Orleans? French Quarter. You better believe it. So we're going to pray over that place. And then uh, also we'll be doing some street witnessing. Going to go to a park hand out bottles of water, some snow cones, engage people and talk to them about the Lord. We're also going to be ministering at a food bank and then we'll be ministering at a rehab center that is sponsored by the New Orleans Baptist Association. So we've got a great week ahead of us and uh, all of you in this service who are going with us on the trip, I need you to come and stand with me and uh, Eddie's going to pray over us, all right? So all of you come here going to New Orleans. Y'all come on. Uh, and uh, Eddie, uh, Daniel Lester and Jeremiah Chadwick are in our group, but they could not be here today. They're battling some illness in their house, so you pray for them. Amen. Amen. Yeah, all of our New Orleans crew, we had a, uh, Brother Gary and... Uh, Brother Lloyd in our early service. So we've got a good good group of folks right here going to New Orleans. Listen, let me also include our students. How many of our students and Lance and, and all of your chaperone team? Let's get you guys up here too. It's going to Infuse tomorrow uh, because uh, if y'all will come, I know we got a, a big group. Uh, I think Lance said, what is it, close to 80, 80 or 90 total between us and Piney. And so, yeah, you guys, come on. Yeah, come on up here. If you're going to Infuge, if you're going to New Orleans, listen, what a group, man. Praise the Lord. What a group. My goodness. My gracious. What a group. All right. Praise the Lord. Listen, I'm going to pray. You pray with us, and we're praying over them. We're sending all these out. And... Um, and so then as soon as we finish praying, if you don't mind, we'll stack chairs, eight high. Thank you for helping us with that. Let's pray. Father, right now, I just thank you, Lord, for these, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in their lives, individually, Lord, and as a group, whether it be through our students, through this mission team, Lord, that's going to New Orleans, we just lift them before you right now. We pray travel mercies, Lord. We just pray for safe travel. We pray, Lord, for boldness to share the gospel. Father, we pray for open doors to share Christ. And Lord, we, we just pray, Lord, give us, uh, or give these that's going, Lord, just the obedience and, and Lord, just tongues to proclaim and tell about you. Father, with a joy in their heart, a smile on their face. Father, we just pray for many to come to know you as Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do there and what you're going to do in hearts here. Father, thank you, Lord. And we look forward to hearing, Lord, not only from 
uh, from these, but just all the groups that have gone, our kids have just got back, and our group to car, our carpenters and pine knot, all the things that you're doing, we give you praise for that. So, Father, right now, bless these, watch over them, be near to them. We're sending them out, Lord, and we pray that you would just use them in a mighty way. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here. If you don't mind to help stack chairs, we appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, thank you for worshiping with us today here at First Baptist Church. Listen, if we could be of service to you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, you can call our church office Monday through Friday. You can send us an email, a Facebook message. We would love to hear from you. Uh, so until next time, uh, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.